What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the 2021 PGA Championship from Kiowa Island, the ocean course right outside of Charleston, South Carolina. I'm your host, David Barnett. I am back. I am back. I am better. I've I have gone toe to toe. Went I went you know 14 days to 14 rounds with the Rona and lived to tell about it. And I am back. Pat is as happy as he can be to not have to be hosting, not have to do an ad read, not have to yes just do stuff. He can just show up, make picks, drink, make make jokes, and be done. I know you're happy about that, buddy. Thanks. I'm extremely happy. I'm, and I'm also glad for, you know, we got a healthy DB back. Uh, yours truly is actually, uh, I don't know what I'm battling through. I'm, I may sound a little nasally oh, on the show, God. battling now through something sick. myself. But you're, you got the, uh, you got the vaccine. I did. I did. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I feel oh. like I'm, I'm, I, it may just be allergies or something. We don't, we don't know, but that's okay. I'm excited for this show. Excited for the PGA championship. Fantastic course this year. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, always make sure you're elderly, get vaccinated. Pat, glad to see you. Uh, you did that, man. Appreciate that. Thanks for keeping yeah. yourself safe. Um, I appreciate all the all, everyone that reached out on Twitter, on in the Nut Hut, email, expressing concern for me. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. It, it was it was it was interesting. Uh, but here we are. We're ready to go. I, I'm excited. Uh, last week we had KH Lee win a golf tournament. You know, I mean, I. For another week, like I'm a little ticked because we had the leaderboard surrounded yet again. Pat, props to you. You know, you had Sam Burns at 35 to 1. I think you were the only person in all of talking head golf betting world that that talked up the possibility of Sam Burns winning again. And you had him on the betting card. You also had Charles Schwartzel, and both of those guys had a chance to win. But KH Lee just said, nah, gimme that, and took it from everybody. No. And I was a little pissed at first. But I got to be honest with you, after the interview, after watching him play, I read a couple articles about him today. I'm a big KH Lee fan. Maybe I have this new thing for South Koreans. I just think they're just electric, Siwoo and, and, uh, and KH Lee. But, uh, I mean, KH Lee is kind of like, he strikes me as like, I, I, I tweeted this yesterday when I saw him accepting his, uh, his victory. He, he kind of looks like he could take down a couple cases of beer with you. But he, he strikes me as like the the drunk uncle for like K-pop BTS, the band, like he travels with the group, you know, he travels with them and he, and he's, he's like the drunk uncle, but he's fun. You know, he's not like the, he's not the drunk, like really abusive, embarrasses people at parties, uncle, but like the, like you want, you want uncle KH to get lit so that the family functions can be fun. And he travels around with BTS, which is like the hottest. Do you know who BTS is, Pat? I think I've heard of it. I don't. I don't really know what that stands <laughs> for. It. it sounds like a like a some kind of bowel issue or something. Like you got some <laughs> problems in the stomach area. Mm. But but I don't know. They're like this big Korean boy band, like South like South Korean boy band, like Sensation that just takes the world by storm. But I feel like he would be like the one traveling around with them and just like getting them hammered, buying them drinks before they're of age, and maybe drug, maybe hard drugs. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of Cage Lee. He seems like a really cool guy. But he did totally cuck another outright victory from our clutches. And I'm not he did. I was not happy about that. But you know what? Here's the thing. K.H. Lee has not been if, – if you listen to the show, yeah. he should have at least been on your radar because we've been talking about him for a while now. I talked yeah. about him in the 6K range yeah. last week. Yeah, but, I mean, he's been, he's been talked about on this show not, not just last week, though. A lot. Of, I mean, we have been all over some K.H. Lee lately. 
because he's been playing really well. So it shouldn't be of any surprise to anyone that he did win a tournament. Well, maybe he won a tournament. Yeah, maybe. That may have been a little bit of a surprise. That, that's a little stretch, but still, we knew he's been playing well. Yeah, um, it was, yeah, for real. We did talk about him last week during my, in my Jordan flu game last week. I talked about KH Lee. How about that? I didn't put him on a betting card. I almost did. I nearly did. Seriously, almost did, but I didn't. I had Pat and Kazire. Oh, that was another one. We had Kazire up there. Freaking, we had like two, we had like two at triple digits and Sam Burns was, we're, we're really close, people. Really close. Uh, podcast juice tonight for me. Pat, by the way, do you have the new um, things that we got in the mail? Do you have the new things that people? Yeah, can I'd get? have to go get them. I don't have it like right in front of me right now. You want me to take a second? They're like just yeah. T- take like a second. Ten steps. Take take a second. Go get them. I want to show them to the people. Anyway, podcast juice for me tonight. Little wild leap vodka, some soda, a little splash of lime. Just keeping it real normal here for the PGA. I don't want to do anything to get out of control. Um, it's going to be a good time tonight. Congrats to our Nut Hut winner last week was uh, Rob. Just at Rob. Uh, is DraftKings handle Chargers 06161, the Nut Hut Listener League. So he's got an opportunity to compete in the finals and win a chance to come play golf with me or Pat in Augusta or Savannah. By the way, we do have a guest coming up here very, very shortly in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to have a very special guest who is a PJ Tour caddy. He's a friend of the Tour Junkies. And he actually lives in the Charleston area and has played the Ocean Course a number of times. We're going to talk with him all about the golf course. If you are excited about that guest, then I need you to do me a favor. I need comments, people. We need comments in the YouTube channel. If you're watching live, first of all, thank you for watching live. Give it a thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't. But wait until after the show to comment because it doesn't count. On this show, comment in the, in the comment section the toughest golf course you've ever played. That you've ever played. What's the toughest golf course you've ever played? I'm very interested to see it. Pat, as I was preparing for the show, I was thinking about you and I just played Sawgrass, and I said that was the toughest course I've ever played. But actually, I think that was a little bit of recency bias. I actually think the ocean course at Kiowa may be the toughest course I've ever played. I've played it a couple times. Yeah. It, and it, it may actually, actually be tougher than what TBC Sawgrass was uh, because of primarily the wind. So I want to know what the people's toughest courses they've ever played. Put that in the comments section. We're going to pick a winner. Maybe we'll pick two or three. And you're going to get some free merch. You're going to get a free hat. You're going to get some stickers. You're going to get a ball marker. And, uh-oh, Pat's showing the camera. We got coasters, people. Look at that. Look at the Pat. Look at Pat I'm, with I'm acorn crying. tears. He's crying. Acorn tears. That is beautiful. Dude, if you ever and went then, to... You got, show them the other ones. Show them the other ones. We got more. DB with acorn tears. Look at that. I want to know... Yeah. That you're going to get some coasters. We got some more podcast juice goes here, people. Look at that. These are some sweet-ass coasters. Um, Pat, if you ever went to prison, look at that. Would you get an acorn tattoo on your cheek, like a tear? I would. <laughs> I think I would. I mean, I, 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 if, if, if I'm going to prison by that point, I might as well just get a damn acorn tattoo. That's what I'm saying. I, mean, I can't believe you haven't done it yet. Okay. Um, let's... let's... <clears throat> Oh, by the way, look at me. I'm, I'm rusty. Podcast is presented to you by our friends at fantasynational.com slash TJ. That is where you go to get all the stats, all the detailed information. If you need strokes gain stats, if you need, if you need off-the-wall crazy stats, if you like really wild stats, okay, uh, like X-rated stats, you can get those at fantasynational.com. Ownership projections for DFS, head-to-head matchup betting tools for, for just regular betting stuff. 
if you all the stuff is is there it's at fantasynational.com slash tj if you are betting on golf in any capacity or playing fantasy golf in any capacity this is the edge you need and it's at fantasynational.com slash tj when you sign up through that link you get 20 percent off any level of subscription weekly monthly or annually and if you start off with the weekly here now and you say man this is awesome i want it and you upgrade to the monthly or annual membership you still get the 20 percent off it's fantastic stuff We've been using Fantasy National for like four years now. They have a deal with the PGA Tour, so all the data is clean and good, baby. You just need it. You just need it in your life. FantasyNational.com slash TJ for 20% off your membership. Check them out. All the stats we referenced tonight will be from Fantasy National. All right, Pat, uh, I think that's time. Let's get into it. I want to talk about Kiowa. I want to talk about the ocean course. Tell us what you know, what you think is important about the golf course. Then I want, uh, I want you to bring in our, our very special guest. I don't want to keep him waiting any longer. Yeah, well, I, so I will go really quick because we got a good special guest to uh, to talk about Kiwa Island. But yes, the ocean course at Kiwa Island, just outside of Charleston, South Carolina, about forty five minutes upside up upside upside up the road. Yeah, it is uh, this first time we've been here since two thousand twelve when Rory just obliterated the field by eight strokes. It is still a record uh, on the PGA Tour. We've also had a Ryder Cup here and a few other things, but it is a Pete Dye design playing. 7,876 yards. Yes, you heard that right. 7,876 yards. It is the longest golf course ever for a major. And they're probably going to get it close to 8,000, I think. They've got a lot of different tee locations that they can put out here. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. It is a par 72. We've got 156 players in the field this week. Now, a little little twist here on the cut. T70 and ties actually Ooh, make the cut at the know. PGA Championship. So that is something that is important to know. It is consistently ranked as one of the hardest golf courses in the U.S. We were just talking about that over the last several years. It is a coastal course, kind of a link style that has seaside paspalum greens. Mm. Something a little bit new, but that these these type greens operate very well in the harsh conditions that you see on the coast. Um they are also Paspalum fairways, but then the rough is actually Bermuda overseeded with rye. And the reason they really kind of overseeded it with rye is really because they want to get it thick and tall, and they just couldn't get that Bermuda quite there yet, uh, even though the Bermuda is really coming through in these summer months here. You know, you're going to hear a ton about distance on this course, which I do think is going to be key. But look, you also got to scramble well, I believe. I mean, yes. approach game is going to be key. But they are going to miss these greens. I mean, you have some long irons into the, these greens, and especially on these par fives. I mean, you got eight, I mean, excuse me, par fours, eight par fours that measure between 400 and 525 yards. Okay, so there's going to be a lot of lot, long irons into these greens. They're going to be missing them. So you do need to scramble well. And I do think that, like I said, approach is going to be important. And as always, the weather. I mean, when you get a coastal course, What's the weather going to be doing? It's going to be very dry this week from what we've seen so far. I don't think we're getting any rain. Okay, so it's going to be playing pretty firm and fast. And then the wind, though, looks like you're getting at least double-digit mile-per-hour winds consistently almost every single day except for maybe Saturday. So that's going to be important as well. And I think that's where our guests can really talk, speak to the winds because the wind direction is also important on the front nine and the back nine and where you're coming in from that directional standpoint. So... We're going to bring in PGA Tour caddy Kyle Peters has a ton of experience, not only on tour, but at Kiowa and the golf course there. So, Kyle, welcome to What's the up? show. We appreciate you coming on. Well, you guys, yeah, thank you for having me. Nice to be here. 
Is you know, the hat, first thing I, does your I hat liked, just say hockey on it? Just says hockey. Sting, stingrays hockey. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, hockey. <laughs> That's the, I uh, like that. The minor league hockey team here in gotcha. Charleston. Nice. I, I do always wonder whenever we bring in the experienced caddies, especially like right after I do the course breakdown on how many things I may have got wrong. So like of that, uh, did I do okay? I mean, like, did I get at least most of that right? I mean, there may have been something in there you didn't like, but. Uh, Spot on. You were perfect. Yep. <laughs> hey, all right. I like this. I like it. Yeah. If that were me, Pat, I would literally just be like, hey, we're at Kiowa Ocean Course and here's Kyle. I just wouldn't risk it. <laughs> it is way too risky for me. All right, Kyle, talk to us about, um, about Kiowa, man, your experience around Kiowa and, uh, and what you think this golf course is set up to do. Have you, got, have you had a chance to see it today? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I walked 18 holes by myself this morning and nice. checked it out. Um, and then we've actually played 18 right after that. So oh. had, a long, had a long day today. Um, but yeah, the course looks awesome. Um, like you said, the, you know, the one thing I did catch that you might have been off on was past Palum. How did you say it? Mm. Past Palum? I think yeah, I, that is yeah. that is part yeah. of the course, for lack of a better way to put it. I think I said paspalum. Paspalum, yeah. Pas- pas- I don't know what the correct saying is, but yeah, uh, fairway, fairway. But it's not the way I said it. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, fairways and greens are paspalum, which uh, it's pretty easy to hit off of the greens. Um, they look really good to putt on. There's not uh, with paspalum, you don't really get a whole lot of grain, um, so you don't have to look into that really. Um, some of the guys that we played with today said that they're the best pass pound greens I've ever seen. Um, you know, we play like in a Dominican, Mayakoba, those are pass pound greens and they can bumpy. Um, but they look really good here and they're rolling true. So, um, good putters are going to do well. Um, as far as, um, the length of the course, it's, I mean, you said it, it's like almost 7,900 yards. So you gotta, you gotta think the guys that hit it long and straight, you know, just like every guy that contends at all the majors, they hit it long and straight and their irons are good. They hit their spots and they've got good short games around the green. Um, you know, you've got some, some tricky undulations around the edges of the green. So you'll have to be creative with uh short game. Um, but yeah, just the normal guys that you, that you see at this time um, in majors, you know, you got Justin Thomas, uh, Shoffley, Rory, guys like this, you know, Rory's done well here. He, Played well at Quail Hollow, so he's he's playing well right now. Those guys are guys that you could look for at the top. Talk nice, to, nice. Is there good? Talk about the um, uh, just staying on the past palum thing. I want to button that up because I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter already talking about it. <clears throat> it's um, like how how um how firm is it in the fairways? Like, are the did you notice the fairways rolling out pretty good today or or no? Uh. Not really. It, no. it didn't seem too firm in the fairways yet. Um, the greens, when you get uh, the downwind shots, they're releasing a ton. Like you're looking at the front number. Uh, if you get if you get some into the wind shots, they're spinning back. Um, but but the downwind shots are really really released, and those are tough to hold the greens. Where where it's good to you know a long hitter that hits it high and lands it soft. That's what you need. I also a lot have seen some chatter about the overseed on the greens. Do you really feel like that's a big deal? Like, I know there's some, uh, what is it? Is it Bermuda overseed in there? Like, how, how do you think they, do they putt just like, like pure pass palum? Or do they putt more like Bermuda or bent? Or like, are they that it's, pure? Yeah, it's just like pure pass palum. There's, there's no grain. It just rolls true. Exactly what you see is what, is what it does. Yeah. And, and the greens aren't super undulating, right? I mean, I don't think they probably could be being exposed as, as they are, but are they that tricky to putt once you're on them? 
Um, there, there's a few tough greens that that can get, you know, pretty big greens where if you if you come up, you know, thirty yards short, you're looking at some tricky putts. Um, but the 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 areas where it gets really undulating is around the edges of the greens where you've got these tabletop greens where you can fall off and you know you you might have to bump something into the into that uh into the fairway and run it up um or go really high and soft um so it's you need guys that are that are creative around the greens for sure talk about too like off the tee and then in these fairways and then and then the rough i mean i know the fairways tend to be relatively wide as far as the landing areas but I mean, there's a lot of trouble if you miss them. I mean, am I correct there? I mean, you got you can be in some really tall fescue. You know, the rough is probably going to be pretty decently high. You got some, you know, bunkers around the, you know, right in the landing area. So, what what does that look like off the tee on most of these holes? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I would compare the course to a, a link style course. Um, there's not really many trees out there, but there's just sand everywhere. Once you once you step out of the rough. You're in yeah. sand everywhere, um, fescue stuff like that. So if you're if you get some of these holes, can you can get some pretty strong crosswinds. When you get those crosswinds and guys start kind of spraying it all over the place, they can get in some big trouble. Mm. So let, let's talk about the winds then and the weather. Like so far, like what are you looking at going into the week as far as the weather's concerned? You know, is there is there any you know? Do you think wind is going to be a huge factor? Uh, and then is it going to be pretty consistent or is it going to change you think from, from day to day? Um, yeah. So I've looked at the weather forecast. Um, like the main thing that I'm looking at is, uh, the wind direction. Uh, haven't looked exactly, you know, how fast it's going to be blowing yet. Um, so Thursday, Friday and Sunday is from the East. So with an East wind, um, I think it's like holes five through 13 are all downwind. It's straight downwind. And then you turn from 14 to 18, you're all, you're, directly back into the wind and those holes it's brutal yeah yeah um i i hope the the pj will be nice and they'll move some tees up coming in but like yeah um let's see 14 today we played it from the back tee into the wind it was 233 you know you're hitting two irons three woods um 16 16 uh par five 600 yards dead into the wind uh 17 is the beast i mean 220 on that hole, you're just you're honestly just looking at the bunkers left of the green and you're like put it in there we're good <laughs> try and make par um and then 18 is 505 yards i think it is dead into the wind too so when you get that the east wind you know holes five through 13 that's where you can really score and take advantage of things um but then when you turn from 14 in it's like hang on because it's gonna be tough um I mean, it I doesn't. Say, it doesn't look like the wind's like r- really whipping at this point. Like just based in the, you know, we're recording this on Monday night. I mean, it, obviously, it's going to change, and that's a big thing. Everybody has to do if you're investing in in you know anything this week. You got to pay attention to the wind up until late on Wednesday. But like it, you know, right now, if I'm looking at like a 12 mile an hour wind or 15 mile an hour wind, is do you feel like? I mean, you're out on tour every freaking week. Like, do you feel like a 10 to 15 mile an hour wind at Kiowa is different? Than a 10 to 15 mile an hour wind somewhere else or do you think it's about the same yeah um it definitely is different uh we're right on the ocean so you've got air so it's a little bit heavier wind so when you get a crosswind it the wind takes a little bit more than, than it normally would you know say at elevation or wherever wherever the air is thinner or whatever um 
Yeah. So it is, it is a different wind. It's a little bit heavier and moves the ball a little bit more hitting, you know, into the wind, downwind travels further and doesn't go as far, things like that. Yeah. It seems to me too, like with this wind that you get, especially on these coastal courses, it's more sustained. Like it, it doesn't really let up. Like you can't like just sit there and say, let's just let it die a little bit. Then we'll hit a shot. Like I feel like in these coastal type courses and then, you know, just in general, when you get that sustained wind, it just, it's, it just keeps beating at you. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no rest time as far as when the wind's concerned. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, if you, if you have an early tee time and you're lucky to get out there before the wind's blowing, uh, you really got to take advantage of it. Cause like you said, once, once it starts blowing, it's blowing for the rest of the day. So, yeah. So big question is knowing what, you know, just right now, Monday night, wind forecast, weather forecast, what it is. Um, what do you think the winning score, give me like a two shot, three shot range that you think the winning score is going to come in at given what I would we know say, right now. Obviously, it depends on the wind. Um, if if it's similar conditions to today, you know, blowing, call it 10 to 20 miles an hour, I'd say 8 to 10 under par winds. Uh, and if it gets blowing, obviously, that the score will uh, show that. It'll, you know, go down closer to par if it really gets whipping out there. So you think the best case scenario is 10 under in terms of, like, the, 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 the best scoring conditions? You don't think it's going to break 10? Because yeah, I've, I've seen some chatter of people, you know, people talking just people on Twitter, so they don't know anything, but just like it may get, it may get to 12 or 13 or 14. Even I've seen some odds of the winning score around that 12 number, but you think 10. Yeah, I like 10. Um, and I haven't, I haven't looked at, uh, what the winning score was in 2012. I don't know if you well, won by eight either. shots, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was yeah. thir- It was 13. It was 13. One by there eight. You go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like 10 under, right? I mean, it's the greens are already firm the golf course is only going to firm up even more. Um, if that wind gets, you know, per, like I said, perfect conditions, 10 under, if the wind gets blowing, it's going to be higher than that for sure. Hmm. Interesting. So do you think like, you, you know, you talked about how long it is and um, like, what do you think, what do you think a guy like, uh, like an Abe answer, you know, a real shorter hitter, um, but just keeps, doesn't get himself in a lot of trouble. Cause when I hear a winning score of like eight to 10 under, you know, I think, you know, you got to have some, you got to have a little bit of that grind it out, avoid the big number kind of mentality, which Abe definitely has. He may not, you know, he may not rack up as many birdies or whatever, but what is a guy like Abe, a guy like Joel Damon, who I know we're, we're both, we're both friends, we're all friends with here, doesn't hit it that far, but he does, he does some things well with his long irons. Like, what do you think guys like that, th- th- their chances are this week? Yeah, I'd say, um, Abe is up there. Um, Joel as well. Um, both both of them are playing well, um, and Abe Abe plays well no matter where he's at. Uh, he's got a game that'll he can play well at any course. So um, yeah, I mean I like both of those guys to be inside the top ten or fifteen. I think they've got a good chance at that for sure. So we've got uh, now normally you're caddying for Mark Hubbard on the bag. Mm-hmm. Mark's not playing this week, although you guys had a good week last week. Byron Nelson. So you're Thank caddying you. for Alex Beach, who's a PGA professional. Is that right? That's right. Yep. So, um, uh, anything that you, who'd you guys play with today? And did you see anything interesting on the course today? Caleb wants to know in the chat, if, if you saw anything that kind of stood out to you and who did you play with? We played with, uh, Ben Polland and Denny McCarthy. Um, as far as things that stood out that the 17th hole is just a beast when it's into the, when it's into the wind. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, I think Ben hit a guy on 17, so that one stood out. <laughs> that, was, that was the uh, the memory of the day. Right? <laughs> hit him on the fly with a ball? Yeah, the guy was fine. I think he hit him hit him in his neck, I think. But he was Oh, fine. my he, God. That would suck. It, it was on next it, shot. It was oh, on seven, next it, shot. It was on seventeen where you're you're just to go at the bunkers pretty much. Yeah. And hit a hit a low hook in there and and we I mean everybody yelled four but it was dead into the wind. I don't know if people could hear us or not because of the wind, but nobody moved and it just flew right into the middle of them and got this guy. Dude, I mean honestly, I can think of only two places it would be worse to be hit with a golf ball like in the face, in the head, you know, because it could kill you. Your balls or your or your penis, and then the neck. I can't think of anywhere else after those two spots that I would want to get hit. That would suck. Yeah, yeah. yeah the neck is a and and it's an awkward thing. Like, do you yeah. have like a really big neck or something? <laughs> yeah, like, you feel like something kinda... would have gotten in the way, like elbow <laughs> it, or a chin was or it something. Dwayne the Rock Johnson out there. Who who's this guy I mean, with a big neck? <laughs> <laughs> was it that Good was it question. that black guy, yeah, that I mean, thick neck guy? You know that guy who's like a meme on the no, internet. Just just an average sized guy like me. Yeah. Hey Sam, producer Sam, see if you can pull up uh thick neck, that black guy that's a meme all the time. See if you can pull him up and put that on. All right, I have another interesting question for you, Kyle. Then we're gonna let you go in just a second. Uh our boy Michael Caridi, longtime listener from Australia, has a good question. Does the PGA allow the greens reading? Do you guys get the green reading books this week that has all the detail on the green surfaces? Yeah, we do have those. Um, same as always. So yeah, we do. So have fire those. Bryson because check or check mark by Bryson because he's got his green reading book. Um, yeah. <laughs> good for him. He can study the piss out of that. Okay. Um, there he is. See, look at. Look at <laughs> I feel like he would be okay. He'd be just fine if he got hit in the neck. <laughs> yeah, that's the dude. He got hit in the neck. It would have just. It would have bounced off, and he would have thought it was a gnat. You know, it was like a sand gnat. You know the sand gnats, Kyle. I mean, he, he would have right, just yeah. thought it was a sand gnat got him in the neck. Oh, yeah, man, that man got hit in the neck. Oh God. Um. Okay. Um. Uh, Patrick McDonald says the wind out of the west is projected on Saturday. Do you think that makes scoring uh, conditions better for these guys? So, so you, do, in other words, you think the easterly wind makes it the toughest? Um. Let's see. Well, it would be it would be the, the exact opposite. So, five so holes, holes, holes five through thirteen would all be dead into the wind. So a west wind, you're going to have more holes that are into the wind than an east wind. Um, I guess you pick your poison. Which ones would you rather have into the wind? I think yeah. I I think the the east wind is probably actually the easiest wind for the mm-hmm. golf course, and the the toughest wind um, would be a wind from the south, which is actually it's coming straight across all the holes. So if you get that south wind, every tee mm-hmm. shot's a crosswind. And for the guys that kind of start to spray it a little bit, they've got no chance. They have no idea where the ball's going in those crosswinds. So that's from the south? You're right, right, yeah. All right, so heads up. If it's a south wind, mm-hmm. then you better, be, you better know where your golf ball's going off the tee. Yeah. You, yeah. You, don't, you don't have as much grace off there. Um, cool. Uh, all right, man. Well, listen, we appreciate it, Kyle. We hope you and Alex go well. Hope you guys, uh, you know, do, do your thing. Uh, I may or may not have already put in a bet for Alex to finish top 40 as a PGA all professional. Right. You know, I, I, might, I, might, uh, I might go ahead and tease that. It's like uh, 10 to 1, which I think is, a, you know, I know he's a decent, he's actually a decent professional. Um, a lot of those guys don't, don't end up making the cut here, but he's got you on the bag, which is definitely worth some shots. and. 
Um, and he's already pretty good. So 10 to 1, your boy Alex is to, to finish top 40. I mean, what do you think about that? You think that's, uh, you think, am I just pissing into the wind here? Or you think we're good? I like it. What are, what are, 10 to 1? 100%. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, that's 10 to great 1. odds. Yeah. yeah 10 definitely. To 1. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? The other, the other fun thing to look at would be the head to head matchups between the, uh, the club pros. Yeah. Like if, you, if you guys are real degenerates, yeah. To check those things out. Go pick your favorite. PGA Ooh, section, I like favorite that. course, and I'll get deep, go for those. Yeah. Deep in the Wikipedia there. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, give us a heads up. You know, let, let us know if you see a head pro out there who may, uh, who may be, you know, uh, may be the big, the big cock on the streets. You know, let us know. Um, yeah. All right, who's your, who's your pick to win this week? Uh, let's see. I like John Rom. I, I don't know uh, what the odds are, but uh, I, th- I think the course suits him well. He's got the uh, all the tools that you need to win a major. I think it's yeah. looking good for him. Yeah. Yeah. What about your dark horse? Give me one dark horse. Uh, would Victor Hovland be a dark no, horse? Not a dark horse. You, you guys, you can't come in here with that Victor Hovland mess. He's a stud. Finau. <laughs> really? Okay, okay. I like that a little Tony bit. Tony Finau, where he be dark. now? Okay. You know, he does seem to be a little under the radar right now. I mean, he's missed three of his last four cuts. That's probably why, but I mean, he's obviously the, you know, this place would suit him. I would think so. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, paradise for him and you never know he's got to win one sometimes so he does man he does all yeah. right kyle peters give him a follow on instagram at kyle underscore peppers with a z it's up on the screen right now if you're watching on youtube uh give him a follow he's a good he's a good instagram follow big hockey guy if you're into hockey and you want to we do have a ton of listeners that talk hockey in fact we have a hockey channel in the nut hut people chatting about hockey all the time uh kyle maybe you need to get in on that i don't know yeah i should uh, i should yeah big hockey guy you know and just uh just an overall good dude and good to the tour junkies kyle we appreciate your time man thanks for the uh thanks for the time on this monday night hope you have a good week buddy all right thank you guys we'll talk to you later hey i need a tea time thank at you, Kiel, by the way in a couple of couple of weeks by the way i need to talk to you about that all right coming up next there. all right dude. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Kyle Peters, PJ Tour caddy, good, good guy, good friend, good intel there, Pat. Really nice yeah, intel. Great um, info. <clears throat> that was brought to you by our friends at Old uh, Golf Forever. You know, Pat's been trying to golf forever. He realized when we went to Sawgrass that he was kind of, you know, he was struggling a little bit. He had some aches and pains and some cracks and some creaks going on. So he, you know, he's searching for kind of a different workout program. Some he could do at home on his own time. He likes to be in control. You guys know Pat. He really likes to be in control, but wants to do stuff at home. And so Golf Forever just gives them new workouts and exercises to do every day. So you can just log in. Uh, the workouts can be done at home with very minimal equipment. And he doesn't have to be, you know, he can just, he doesn't have to leave his living room. And he doesn't have to have all the expensive gym equipment or membership. So, Pat, I know you've been on the program. How you feeling with the, uh, the Golf Forever? Man, I'm feeling fantastic. I, I've, oh, I have felt better, you know, with my golf game and my physique and everything oh, since, uh, since that. Well, it was so, co-created yeah. by major champion Justin Leonard. It features top biomechanic experts and also features PGA Tour trainer and chiropractor Dr. Tori Van Beeson, who works with five players ranked in the top 30 in the world golf ranking. So it features over 100 personalized fitness programs developed for you, the individual, based on existing physical condition and any other injury history, all that kind of stuff. The That's golf, key, by the way, what you key. just said. Yeah. The golf forever. Existing physical condition <laughs> is key. Yeah. The Golf Forever app delivers recommended daily exercise routines as well as a library of over 500 videos to search for if you just want to do your own thing. It's normally $150 a year or $14.99 a month, but with promo code TOUR99, 
you can save the Tour Junkies. We can save you $51 on your yearly plan. So if you're looking to get in better shape or you just want to improve the way your body feels before, during, and after a round, check out Golf Forever at golfforever.com and be sure to enter the promo code TOUR99 to get Golf Forever for just $99 a year, which is a $51 savings because you are a Tour Junkie. And that's Tour 99. You can feel the results for yourselves. Uh, thank you, Golf Forever. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get into it, buddy. I'm excited about this. I guess I would say, like, you know, for the DraftKings show, you mentioned, I think, a key with the top 70 and tie rule making the cut. Obviously, you've got the PGA pros or the PGA professionals in here that are probably not going to make the cut, except for hopefully Kyle's guy. So, you know, you kind of treat this like 135 to 140 relevant players. You're going to have a high six of six percentage. This is going to be a high, a high six of six, you know, made cut percentage uh, in terms of people getting all six of their players through the weekend to make the cut. Um, and it's, I, I want to I make sure we hit on a couple of these basic things because I know when we have a major championship like this, we, we you know, get a lot more listeners that don't listen to us regularly, and they may not play DraftKings regularly, or they may just be dabbling for the first time, and they don't know what in the world we're talking about. The reason that matters is <laughs> I think, you know, obviously we're going to talk a lot of stats and course fit, all that kind of stuff, but ownership leverage, if you're playing these GPPs, is a big deal and a big thing. Uh, you, you got the Millie Maker. You got a couple Millie Makers this week, I think, actually. You got the cheap one that's the $20 entry uh, over on DraftKings. You've got a big one over on FanDuel as well. Not a Millie Maker, but it's a decent tournament, finally, that FanDuel has. Um, you just got to have some leverage in your lineup. You got to have ways that you're making up ground on people um, if you get the others right. Okay. It doesn't mean you can't eat some chalk. We're going to talk about some chalky plays. I want to I wanna kind of get a vibe for the, the chalky plays in each range. We don't say this every week, but this is true every week. Me and Pat do not consume any other content before we record this show. You know, and it's hard during a major week because damn Pat Mayo is putting out a video four days ahead of the tournament every day. He's a freaking machine. You know, he's got so much content out there, and I got nothing else to listen to because I went to the end of the internet with Rona, and I'm trying not to listen to it. But I, I've, I, we don't listen to anything before we record our own show. So we have our own opinions about things. Then after... You know, we can gather who everybody's talking about, where the buzz is, and that's where it's super key to do two things. Number one, sign up for the Chalk Bomb email to hit your inbox. Go to tourjunkies.com, scroll to the bottom right of any page on that website, and put your email address in and sign up for the Chalk Bomb. It's a free email that hits your inbox every single Wednesday, and it has a couple of things. It has kind of a course breakdown as kind of a, hey, is there a weather advantage right now for the, for the AM, PM, PM, AM, whatever, what are we doing? It's got that. It's got uh, head-to-head matchup bets. We talk about three or four head-to-head matchups and, and analyze them. What does it mean? What do, they, what do they say for DFS? What does it mean for betting? Um, we have the Chalk Bomb, who is the, the, one of the players that's projected to be the, one of the more popular players in GPP tournaments as of Wednesday and reasons why you should consider fading that player and avoiding them in your lineups to help you gain a little bit of leverage on the field. Uh, it's, it's a risk. It's a risky biscuit. Hey, last week, it was Doug Gim at 21% ownership. And guess what Doug Gim did, Pat? Oh, he may have missed the cut. He did miss the cut. He, he sucked. But, uh, so that no, was... Thank God. Thank God for thank that. God. Thank God. <laughs> thank you, Doug, for bailing us out. It was good for thank him. Thank you, Doug. So that's in the chalk bomb. Pontificate with Pat is in the chalk bomb. That literally gives you zero value for DFS or betting, but it does make you laugh. 
but it's important to have that in there because you know, if, if some things change and some projections change or some thoughts that we have on a Monday night change on Wednesday, some of those can be found in the Chalk Bomb email. Uh, so go do that. And then the number two thing to do is sign up for the Nut Hut because the Nut Hut is where we mix it up with the people Tuesday and Wednesday, especially Wednesday evening. I'll be in the chat this week. Pat will be in the chat this week. I'm pretty sure Ben will be in the chat this week. Our boy AC, the Nut Hut butler, will also be in there. We'll be in there live Wednesday night, mixing it up, talking it up. At that point, we'll, we'll know, okay, who's everybody talking about? Who's the popular plays? Who should we pivot to? Who's the chalk that we should eat? Who are the popular players we should go ahead and roster anyway? You know, what's the win looking like? What are we hearing from our caddies who are there at Kiowa? We've got a bunch of caddies at Kiowa Island. What are they saying right now? Um, it, it's where we go to mix it up with you, the people. So go to tourjunkies.com. Let's click on Golby's Nut Hut and sign up for the Nut Hut, okay? It's $10 a month, $10 a month, that's it, or $90 for the entire year. There's over 400 members in there right now. We're having a great time. People are great. We, we love the Nut Hut. It's, it's a blast. And you can play in the Nut Hut Listener League. You can have a lot of fun with that. But that's key because a lot of things during a major championship week with all the content that comes out from all the content providers things change. So, you know, we're recording this on Monday night. It could be, it, things could look a lot different, okay? They could, they could look a lot different. So the Nut Hut is the best place to go to help figure that out late on a Wednesday night or, or Wednesday afternoon. Um, obviously, you know, yeah. Just remember, like, too, you're, in these big tournaments, you're playing to finish, like, top 1% to 3% of lineups. So let's, let's go big here, Pat. Let's have some fun. Let's get into the picks. That's enough of that uh, other stuff. Let's get into the picks and talk about the top tier, the, 10, the 9K and above range on DraftKings. Let's get into this. Now, we're going to nail this down um, and talk about the guys we really like right now, but we're going to talk through a lot of these names. Starts at Rory McIlroy at $11,500. Goes all the way down to Patrick Cantlay, who's really sucked lately. He's God, at, he is he's at 9000 You got, uh, you know, you got Brooks in there who can't squat. You got uh, you got freaking Bryson in there, being Bryson and being being dumb and weird. You got DJ in there who met, who apparently hurt himself, hurt his knee as he was back flipping off his yacht last week when he withdrew from the uh, from the Byron Nelson. So there's your there's your prices at nine k and above. Now Pat and I typically like to nail down three plays that we that we we really want to consider planting our flag on in this range, and then one name that we are going to step out on a limb and say I want to fade this guy. Now, Pat, I feel like I I feel like I I feel like I got kind of ballsy on my fades tonight. So, I'm I'm trying to give the people some ballsy fades tonight. I may have gotten a little ballsy okay. myself. Good, I love that. They're they're risky, but uh you know, this this is a long... I'm not trying to come up here and give you some yeah. easy fade. Yeah. I'm just not I'm not going to do it. You could get that in you could get that somewhere else. You're not going to get it here. Yeah. This is, this is a long and hard golf course, okay? People like it long and hard. If you like it long and hard, then that requires ballsy fades. You know, I think those two just go together. We're not going you know, to give you a flaccid fade here uh, in this range. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's start it off here, Pat. Uh, I want to I I talk about uh, my fade, first of all. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get this get out it. the way. I'm going to go ahead and get it out the way. This player is 87th in the field in uh, the last 24 rounds in strokes gained around the green. You're going to notice a theme for me. I am a big believer. You mentioned it in your course breakdown. 
in the ability to scramble and get up and down and, and around the green play. I, I'm convinced there's going to be a lot of balls that miss greens here, and you have got to get it up and down, avoid bogey, save par, whatever. Um, there, a lot of these greens are elevated. Kyle mentioned some of the runoffs in these greens. I just think it's super important to be able to get up and down. I don't care how good of a ball striker you are. You got to get it up and down. This guy's 87 in the last 24 rounds. He is outside the top 35 in bogey avoidance in the last 24 rounds and the last 50 rounds. He's a horribly bad putter. He's also, I'm just throwing this one in there for kicks and giggles. He's also terrible in the sand. In the last 50 rounds, he's 76th in this field in playing out of the sand. There's a ton of sand on this golf course. I, I, I played it three times. Kyle talked about it. There's a ton of freaking sand here. Waste area sand, regular area sand, whatever you want to say. There's a ton of sand here. And then finally, he's, had, he's played in six majors. In those, and I'm including, the, I'm including the Players' Championship because it's the best field. In those six majors, I know it's not a major, but in those six tough events, he has one top 15 finish. But it was a win. And it was the PGA Championship last year. Your defending champion, Colin Morikawa, is my fade in this range. What do you think about that fade? Ooh, I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like the fade. As a matter of fact, in the pre-show talks with producer Sam, hey, producer Sam, thank you for all you do. We also, we also we renamed talk- him Podcast Dad Sam but earlier because yeah. he was telling yeah, that, that sure we really did all quick. our things and... We- he gave us a little tongue lashing about attitude and not saying words we're supposed to say right beforehand, and we kind of now feel like he might be our podcast dad. So dad said that we needed to put a, do a bet. And so I'm oh. actually going to put my fade. I'm going to put my fade against your fade, <laughs> and you actually have an advantage here because my fade is higher price than yours is, thus has better odds more than likely. Actually, I know he does. And so if you want to take this bet, which I feel like you should, um, I think we do a ranch water bet. A uh, ranch water bet? I think, I think it's straight up better finish. Uh, who's your guy? Do you want to take it before? Do you want to take it before? No. You want to take it to- Hell no, I'm not taking it before. <laughs> I don't automatically love everyone above Colin Morikawa that I'm just going to automatically take whatever this is. Hang on. Your fade is going to be. Uh, is your is your fade Bryson? My fade is Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, I don't like Bryson a lot. That's hard for I. Can, I don't know that I can take that. I, first of all, I'm very excited about the ranch water potential for you. I have lost a ranch water bet and paid a ranch water bet on this show. And when we say ranch water, we're not talking about the fun alcoholic drink that you could order at a really yeah, nice this one's craft a cocktail bar. Thing. We're talking about literally a dollop of ranch dressing in some water and you suck it down, but it like coagulates and it, it's just, it's tough to take down. I, I legitimately gagged and dry heaved on the show when I lost that bet. You did. So I want you to do this. And I am, I am tempted by this. I mean, obviously, head-to-head, I would be the favorite. But that is also, I am not a huge fan of Bryson. While we're here, like, I'm not, I, he is not one that has been on, that was on my radar whatsoever here. I don't like his ability around the greens. I just talked about how important I think that is. It's not that much better than Colin Morikawa, honestly. Um, 
the irons are scary. I mean, obviously, his distance is a factor mm-hmm. here. His putting is a factor here. I think our boy Caridi asked a good question of Kyle, you know, Kyle about the greens reading books. I think that makes a big difference for Bryson. I literally do. But <sighs> you don't have to take it. I mean, actually, this is good thought. This is good, good uh, conversation for the folks here. Like, if we both have some similar disagreement, freaking, you know, is freaking Joe Kepps in the chat thinking I was being dramatic when I when I dry heaved on the ranch water? I swear to you, I was not. Maybe I have a maybe. I I mean, I am. I am not kidding you. I, that was 100% real. I almost threw up. I had a trash can right here, right beside me. That was very Wait, are, are you Are you the this week's uh, TJ member that's getting, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting triggered getting <laughs> triggered by the chat? Uh, and he's your boy, too. So you probably, yours you probably, is about ranch water. You probably sicked him on me. Uh, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, all right, so let's move on then. We'll, we'll decide not to. We'll, we'll yeah. pass on that one. You, you gave the old. You gave the pass. That's okay. Um, we've passed before. We might have another one down the line. Here. Yeah, okay. it's very early in the show. I mean, we just made name two names. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. Let's go. Well, I don't know what to do, man. I mean, listen. I think uh, obviously ownership is key. You want to get this right up here. Um, my my gut tells me that I want to play. I, I think I'm a believer in Justin Thomas. I I. I I feel like JT is a guy that whether the winning score is 10 under, 12 under, like Kyle thinks, or the winning score is four under, I don't think it matters for JT. I think he, he, he's going to thrive either way. He's probably the best iron player on the PGA Tour. If not the best, he's top five. Uh, the scrambling is, is solid, usually underrated. The putting, same thing. It's been a little, it's been a little loose here lately. Um, but I think JT is in an interesting position here. I don't know that people are gonna are gonna play him here. Um, you know, twenty sixth at the Wells Fargo. Nobody's super thrilled about that. Um, he did win the players another Pete Dye course. He checks the box when it comes to playing on Pete Dye courses. If you look historically over his career, he he he's in the top twenty five players in this field in, in Pete Dye golf courses. Um, I, I feel like. I feel like Rory, so one of the things I want to do in each range is I want to talk through who we think the chalk is going to be. And by chalk, we mean the most popular players in DFS on DraftKings. I think the chalk is going to be Rory, Bryson, Spieth, and Victor Hovland. I think Hovland may be the most popular. I think Rory is going to be close second. I think, especially in the Millie Maker, you're going to have John Q. Public, who's playing in the Millie, who remembers, oh, yeah, Rory won here by eight strokes, and he just won again at the Wells Fargo. Yep, Rory McIlroy, who cares? Um, Obviously, with soft pricing in a major, you can fit Rory in lineups and be okay. Uh, And then I think people are going to go that Rom, Bryson, Spieth route. So I think JT gets a little overlooked, and I think I can get a little leverage with him. So I like JT. After that uh, is where I have some hard decisions to make, honestly. I usually the rule of thumb for me is if we're talking about scoring conditions being tough, bogey avoidance being important, uh, strokes gained around the green being very important because you're gonna miss greens, you're gonna you're gonna need to get up and down. Normally that is a hundred percent full send for your boy on Patrick Reed at ninety one hundred dollars, and I think that's probably gonna be locked for me. I'm pretty sure I'm going that route with Patrick Reed. 
The third pick is going to be is Lucy Goosey. I don't know, man. I mean, Jordan is tempting to me. He's chalk that I'm I'm tempted to eat. Victor Hovland is chalk that I am tempted to eat. Other than that, though, what do you think about Patrick Cantlay at nine thousand dollars, who has absolutely sucked butt lately? Four straight miscuts. Miscut at the Wells Fargo, the Heritage, the Masters, the Players Championship. Basically, as soon as he left the West Coast, he forgot. He he left his golf clubs in California somewhere, um, and he's playing with like a set of U.S. Kids clubs or something. I don't know what he's doing, but it's <laughs> god awful. He's he's not he's he's worse off the tee. He's worse with the irons. He's worse around the greens. I mean, it's just all around bad. The putting is bad, cold, ice cold. But yeah, I mean, it's. Are you at all tempted by Patrick Cantlay at nine thousand and probably ownership around? Like seven percent or less. I think almost anybody would be tempted right there, but I feel like he's he's a little bit of fool's gold. I just feel like mm. if you you're, like he, you're looking at him and you want to take it and you want to grab it, you think you've just you've you've stolen some gold that somebody you know they just offered you and they're like, here, this is real gold. It's right here and it's so beautiful and pretty and i promise you it's real but then you go to the jewelry store and they tell you it's fake as shit and you just <laughs> paid for nothing you just lost all that money like i feel like that's what you're gonna get with Cantlay. i i would have to see something like I, you need you need to show me something this guy's a that he's world doing. class player right like we know that i get that. He's in a slump. i get it and i agree yeah like I mean, the the Wells Fargo. He at least at the Wells Fargo gained gained one point six off the tee, which is kind of back to near the level of Patrick Cantlay off the tee that we're used to seeing. The irons he lost point two strokes. That's it. Almost almost a a, a zero. Almost like flatlined. Right. Um, finally gained strokes around the green a little bit. Gained gained point seven around the green. So like the the you know. If you're looking at the four missed cuts, he's he's trending. He's trending up. He's trending. He is. I mean, he he is though. If you look at it, if you look at the strokes gain data, he's at least trending. Now we don't have the Masters data, and I was pretty shocked by that one. But um, that's the first time in the history of a a, a DFS (laughs) podcast that you're trending in the a positive direction off of four missed cuts. (laughs) Okay, I hear what you're saying. Like you're diving really deep. He's never. But it, that he's, should tell you something in itself that you're having to di- uh, dive that deeply. Oh yeah, I am fully trying to work myself into a lather on Patrick Cantlay for sure. Yeah. My ties and like you know, just you know, maybe a nude beach somewhere, just working it in. But um, I mean, four trips to the PGA, <clears throat> never missed a cut. Finished forty third, third, twenty seventh, and thirty third. Um, U.S. Open, which I kind of feel like, I feel like the Ocean Course, we haven't said this, but like, I feel like the Ocean Course, a little bit of wind, all that length, this feels like a U.S. Open. I mean, you know, it doesn't feel much different than a U.S. Open. I mean, maybe it'll play a little bit easier, but I kind of, I'm looking at like guys and how they play at U.S. Opens and PGA Championships. He's never missed the cut of the U.S. Open. 43rd, 21st, 45th, 41st. Like, and I mean, it, so it's just tempting to me because I know how low you're going to get super low ownership. You're going to get a ton of price savings with Patrick Cantlay at 9K. You have winning upside if, if he's turned it around. Like, what's he been doing for the last week and a half? 
um, since he missed since you know since he left Charlotte on Friday a week and a half ago. Like surely, hopefully, things are coming around. I don't know, man. It's very tempting to me. So maybe I, you know, I, I could, you know, maybe I'll, I'll plant my flag and say I'm gonna. I, I think I'm probably gonna have some of him. So there you go. That's me. Okay. Well. I don't think I will. And here's the thing with this top range over 9K. I, I don't mind getting, um, you know, playing a few of these chalky guys because it, there's so many people in this field and there's a yeah. lot of players. We could get to this 7K range for sure. There's a lot of guys in that lower 7K range that we can we can talk about that I think, you know, you could see pop on the leaderboard later, uh, you know, come Sunday. So, like, Victor Hovland, he's one of my GPP plays this week. I, I don't mind the fact that I know I'm already hearing, even in the chat here, even though I didn't even look at ownership before the show because it's Monday, um, that he's going to be pretty highly owned. And I, I, don't, I don't think that there's – that doesn't surprise me. And you look at Hovland, I mean, great recent form. He's got two straight third-place finishes, so that's obviously pretty damn good. But then you look at his stats. I mean, he's third off the tee, 11th on approach right now. His scrambling is not that great, his, or his strokes getting around the green. I mean, he's 92nd in the field, so that's that's the downside there. That's the risk you're taking. But outside of that, everything else oh, with his yeah. game, ball like, striking-wise and everything. He feels like the biggest lock in the whole thing. Yeah, and so I'll I'll yeah. eat that chalk, and uh, and yeah. then I'm just going to, you know, when I'm looking at my GPPs, I'll try to find it elsewhere. Um, you know, I like Xander this week at 9,600. I think he's obviously, you know, a guy that has contended well in majors in a lot of huge golf tournaments in the past, had a very disappointing outing at the Masters as far as how he finished. But I think that might give him a little extra motivation going into this week. A guy that, you know, even Kyle mentioned him kind of briefly when we were talking about the course is a, is a good course fit, uh, kind of sneaky long, um, you know, great approach game, uh, you know, is, is, is He's six in the field in driving distance. I mean, everybody just kind of, even me, I used to kind of assume because of his, maybe his stature or whatever else that he wasn't that long off the tee, but he is. He's plenty long. He's also top 10 in the field in par four scoring from 450 to 500 yards. I mentioned how many long par fours we have on this course. So I think that's important as well. And he's a good putter in general. I mean, just looking at putting stats over his last 100 rounds, He's top 15 in the field. That's that's all surfaces. That's not just whatever, past Palum yeah. or past Palum or however, however the hell you say it. Um, that's I mean, he's just a good putter in general. And then here's the last guy that I would like to talk about. And he's a South Carolina guy. Oh. And I think he's going to be the guy in the over 10K range and maybe in this whole 9K and up range. It's going to get kind of get pushed out from an ownership standpoint. And that's Dustin Johnson. So at 10-9, getting a little bit of a discount on him because Rory played so well a couple weeks ago. JT's been playing pretty well. I think you're going to get a little bit of ownership leverage on Dustin Johnson, and I'm going to try to take advantage of that this week. I, I think that um, this is a week where you can do that. He obviously has plenty of distance. He's a guy that can get his game back almost any week on tour. Okay, I know he has not been playing great recently, but I'm okay with that. If I'm going to gain leverage on a guy that hasn't played that great, but I think obviously has potential to win here, it's going to be definitely going to be DJ, certainly over a guy like Patrick Cantlay, if you're oh, looking yeah. at some of these guys yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. find some leverage in here. For sure. You know, certainly over a guy like Brooks Kepka, who yes. you can barely I'm not in, playing any Brooks. In his knee. So I, I would, you know, DJ's the guy for me. 
And I even like him over John Rahm. Is is as much as I think a lot of people are going to be on John Rahm this week. I'll take DJ, and I think he gained some leverage there. So uh, DJ Xander Hovland, my three GPP plays, and then Bryson will be my fade in this range. So I'm kind of with you on the DJ play. I think he's a sneaky look. Uh, he's one I'm, I'm interested in looking at. I don't want to leave this range yet. I want to talk about a couple things that I thought were interesting. Uh, I went. I looked at some head-to-head matchups, which those are out early, which normally they're not out for our show when we record on Monday night. I found it very interesting. Two players you just talked about are coin flips, dead dead even money coin flips. Xander and Victor Hovland are coin flips. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. Xander is a favorite, a slight favorite over Victor Hovland in the betting matchup markets. And I'm looking at that, and even before you started talking about it, even before we got all the chats coming in, I'm thinking, damn, Xander's probably going to be half the ownership of Victor Hovland. If you get, you know, if, if all the books are telling you Xander is a favorite over Hovland and you get him at half the ownership, that's a very interesting, that's something that makes you scratch your head a little bit. So it's something to think about. And, it, and I do think it just depends on your lineup construction. You can certainly eat the chalk with Victor Hovland. Just know you got to pivot elsewhere. Um, also, I mentioned Morikawa and Patrick Reed. They have a head-to-head matchup, and they are actually a coin flip. Even money on both. Reed's a $700 savings on Colin Morikawa, which I find interesting as well. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, a couple good questions came up in the chat. Mark Horn says, do you have to have a 9K-plus player to win a GPP? I mean, probably no. You probably you don't have to, if if especially if no one above nine k wins the golf tournament. But if somebody above nine k wins the golf tournament, you know the margins are super thin with these large GPPs, especially the Millie Maker. If you don't have that player, you're not you're not even finishing in the top probably three percent of lineups in the Millie Maker. So you know, I, I think if you're if you're entering a lot of lineups, if you're entering 20 lineups or more, then I think you should for sure have some lineups where you start in the 8K range. Uh, you can definitely do that with some of the big names here. You don't have to have somebody in the 9K, uh, but y- you got to have some lineups where you, you have some exposure. You're, you're leaving a lot of win equity on the table if you have no one over 9K, because the odds of someone over 9K winning this golf tournament are very, very high. Um, so. That definitely depends on the contest you're playing to. If you're playing a smaller contest, you know, um, then you can afford to maybe not have the winner depending on what happens. But for the most part, in a tournament like this, I think you have to have at least one player over over 9K, and you probably have to have two. And you just got to get it dead on right. So uh, our boy Caridi, Michael Caridi, asked, with the past Palum, Kyle said it was easy to play, but do you think good history on that type of surface is helpful, like guys that played well at Mayakoba or Corrales? Even Bears Club members. Look at Caridi going deep in here. Uh, well, he did mention, uh, Kyle specifically said, it's the same grass as they play Maya Coben Corrales, but it, it rolls very different. He talked about how much purer it's rolling at Kiowa, um, that it really didn't have any of the, the grain that Maya Coben Corrales do. So I think I would completely avoid trying to narrow down past Palom only courses or whatever. That's me personally. What about you, Pat? Same. No, I agree. I think you don't necessarily just look at that. I, and there's not a big enough sample size anyway. I mean, you could maybe just, you know, if, if there's a player, we talk about this all the time when you're there's kind not of bringing in these size. stats like this. If there's like something you're trying to make a tiebreaker off of between two players that are almost 
equally as you know like that you like from the stats standpoint or whatever it is like maybe you look at that but outside of that i'm not i'm not looking at that yeah um all right, let's move on to the 8K range. Before we do that, we do have a promo for Monkey Knife Fight going on um, that is specific to the PGA Championship. Our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight, which is kind of a, a daily like a fantasy prop game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I've written about it. There's a video on our YouTube channel about how to play. You can check that out. But they're doing a promo this week. If you play $50 or more, in net cash entries. So if you pay $50 or more to, to play in a, in, a, in a contest on their site, uh, you get a $20 free ticket to next week's PGA Tour event. So play $50 bucks for, uh, for, this, for a single round or for the whole tournament this week. Play $50. Bucks, you get your deposit match, which, which you get up to a $100 deposit match if you deposit $100 bucks or more. But let's just say you put in $50. Bucks, you get a free $50 match. And if you play that $50, you get a free $20 ticket to next week's tournament, which I don't even know what it is next week. Um, but yeah, you can check that out. You just go to, uh, you can get, sign up at Monkey Knife Fight and enter promo code Tour Junkies. That's all one word, Tour Junkies. You actually now get a $100 deposit bonus for signing up, up to if you deposit 100 And then now if you play your 50 bucks, you can get a free $20 next week. So a lot of fun there. Thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. Let's get on with the 8K range. Pat starts okay. with, this is an interesting spot here. Uh, starts up, up top with Cam Smith at 8,900. You got everybody's favorite Willie Z. You got uh, Sung Jay down there. You got, you got the English contingent, Fleetwood, Rose, uh, Fitzpatrick. You got Louis Eusthazen at 8K, Terrell Hatton at 8K. Interesting range here for me. I'm not. I'm a little. I'm still a little undecided here. I guess. Um, I guess I'm very drawn to Cam Smith because of the scrambling ability, because of the this windy conditions. Like, of, he's he's good at like avoiding bogeys and big numbers. Um, I feel like Cam Smith could win a PGA Championship or a U.S. Open. So I think I like Cam Smith. I don't love the price. I don't feel like I'm getting a big price break on cam smith at all but maybe that puts people off of him i, I think he could be a little little under owned as a result uh so i'm gonna go cam smith and i'm gonna get on the matthew fitzpatrick train even though it feels a little if it makes me it makes me feel a little like i ate something that i shouldn't have eaten if you have if you if you have a lineup where you don't feel like you, you've you kind of eaten something that you shouldn't you're probably not doing it right you got to have a few names in there that make you feel a little queasy I've been on Matt Fitzpatrick all year, and it's paid off quite handsomely ex- until the miscut at the Byron Nelson. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, I mean, the guy, when you miss a cut at a golf tournament where it's like six under makes the cut, or, you know, or five under doesn't make the cut, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like going to throw it out the window. Like, what the hell was going on with Byron Nelson last week? Uh, he, didn't, he didn't hit his irons all that great, which is concerning. But the, the putter's been solid all year. He's added some distance. Plus, he's got the fairway finder in the bag. You know, if you want to play the whole, man, look at the leaderboard in 2012. It was like Rory, a bunch of Euros, all did well playing in these conditions at Kiowa. You could, you could, you could add that narrative into the mix. And I think Fitz, Fitzy goes a little under the radar. I think he goes a little under-owned. And um, at 8,400, I, I think I'll take my chances with old, uh, old Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, my fade in this range is going to be 
Sung J.M. Two missed cuts and a T42 at PGA cha- at his three PGA Championship tries. A missed cut and a best top uh, tie for 22nd at U.S. Opens. So a bunch of missed cuts at tough courses, tough majors. Putting sucks when he's not on Bermuda. He's 95th in this field in strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. He's 77th in strokes gained around the green over the last 24 rounds. He doesn't hit the ball very far. And right now he's my third favorite South Korean behind uh, Siwoo Kim. <laughs> and as always... So he's falling down the... Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, he's been leaped by, by Cage Lee, just like that. I mean, it didn't take much, but he's been, he's been, he's been leapfrogged by Cage Lee as my third favorite South Korean on the PGA Tour. Um, he may actually, he, actually, he's my fourth because Byung Hun An is probably my third. So, Sung Jae is out for me. I think the chalk in this range is going to be my prediction is going to be Berger and Zalatoris. I think that's the chalk. What are you doing here? Okay. Um, <clears throat> Yes, I do agree that Berger is going to be chalky, and I'm going to play him. I don't care. Again, 8,700, I like him. Look, the guy, you, you look at the stats here off the tee, top 10, 17th in approach, top 10 in ball striking, top 30 in par 4 scoring from 450 to 500 yards. He is a very good putter. So Daniel Berger, I like him at 8,700. He was one of my plays. I don't care really. I thought, I think his, his ownership is probably going to be high anyway but I don't care there. And I'm with you on Fitzpatrick. Uh, he was my other GPP play. I like him for all the reasons that you also said. He's been playing really well lately. You know, whatever. Byron Nelson miscut. Okay. Whatever. I can't you believe you're also extremely on Fitzpatrick. Slow. Wow. Um, so I'm with you there on Fitzy. And actually, Cam Smith was my fade. Oh. Like, I feel like Cam Smith is going to be a lot higher owned than you're saying. And I just feel like he's going to get talked up a lot. And there's there's a few things that concern me. Yes, his scrambling is fantastic. And he's a good putter. I mean, but he's 126 in the field in driving accuracy. Okay? Yeah, 66 I mean, I, off the tee. His can't. approach game is average. Everything about him, to me, is average. Average can. And, like, in like it, oh. it, it Augusta National, where he's played the last two times there, you can miss fairways and you're fine. You, it, it, as long as you can scramble, which he can do, I don't think you can get into as much trouble uh, on those courses though as you can on this course. Like I just don't think this is a great course fit for Cam Smith. God, and I mostly think about that off the tee, not necessarily around the greens and things oh, like yeah, that. It's amazing around but the if, greens. If we get the, I mean, like, and and he he probably plays well in the wind, but still, he is still really errant off the tee. But and you can, I think I mean, that could it be a is huge a little problem. wider out here. Like th- this is a there is some room. You can the fa- you mentioned it. Kyle talked about it. fairways are wide. I don't know it, it. The the scrambling ability, the like grindy grindy windy player ability is what is what's tempting to me. But I mean hell, I mean I already said I don't think I'm getting a value on him at 8900. So if I'm no, not getting a value, I just think it's and he ends up as popular as you think he is, which I don't know. I, if he ends up that, I popular, think he's going to be pretty popular this week, and and I could be wrong. We know I'm I'm wrong. Yeah, a lot you are that, terrible but, at ownership projections, but I do think People he's going to get that. talked up a decent amount this week, and and so there's a there's a part of me that just thinks you fade him because of that. But I think it's you know that is going to generate ownership and whatever else. But I'm just not a big fan of Cam Smith this week. I actually hate this whole AK range to be honest. But huh. um, okay. my favorites are Berger and Fitzpatrick in here. Okay. Who'd you say the fade was? Oh, Cam Smith. 
We just talked about Chance it. Smith. We just okay. talked about that. Um, all right. Why don't you get us into the uh, into, into the 7K? All right. So 7K range, I will start at the very top. A guy that you mentioned earlier uh, yeah. with Kyle Peters, and that is Abraham Answer. I've been a, on him the last few weeks. Yeah. And I think he is a fantastic play this week at 7,900. I like him a lot. You know, you look at really across the board. I mean, the only stat, as you mentioned earlier, that he's really not going to check a box for is driving distance. But other than that, he he is there's not a better player in the field across the board in anything you could look at. Or just being, besides Abraham answer. We're just being tall. He doesn't check that box either. He's very short. Well, yeah, or that tiny tiny. But look, boy. I mean, top fifteen off the tee, twelfth in approach, sixth in ball striking, third in driving accuracy, fifth par four scoring. From 450 to 500 yards. Let me so, add. Let me add to that. I looked at bogey. I, I've got in this little fantasy national model here. I've got bogey avoidance over two time periods: the last 24 rounds and a little bit longer term over the last 50 rounds. In the last 24, he is number one in bogey avoidance. In the last 50, he is number two. Yeah, he just Abraham he just doesn't make is, big numbers. No, and that's going to be no, important if eight under wins or five under wins. A little side note here with answer. Isn't his caddy now? Um, who's his caddy? Isn't he, isn't he, he's from South Carolina, isn't he? Uh, I think he is. I don't remember. I think he's a South Carolina guy. I think he's actually in North, North Augusta. Oh, yes. Benji it Thompson. is. It's Benji Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Benji is a North so Augusta I, guy. I know Benji Thompson. I would have to imagine being a South Carolina, North Augusta person that he's He's been around a little bit in, in Kiowa and maybe knows a little more. I don't know. That's just a, that's just a, a guess. I, I don't know any inside information there. But anyway, moving on, Paul Casey, next guy I oh, like, yeah. 7,700. Yeah. Love him this week. I think this is a fantastic course fit for him. Fantastic. Um, fantastic. I am a huge fan of Paul Casey. I'll play him. Don't care what the ownership is. I, still, I think you're, he's, he's not going to be. You know, this is going to be a range that gets stretched out a lot. There's a lot of good players in here, a lot of guys that have been in good recent form. You look at Answer, you look at, you know, guys like Corey Connors down here in the middle range, you know. So there's there's a lot of guys that I think this is going to stretch out some ownership in here. So I don't think you're going to get, like, Casey that high end. I like him at 7,700. I like Cameron Tringali down near the bottom there at 7,100. He's another guy mm. across the board that has been uh, just playing extremely well. Um, you know, outside of driving distance, another he's kind of another, like, Abraham answer light, you know, besides, you know, he may be a little, he may be like two inches taller, but he's still like Cam Abraham Tringali? answer light. Are you fucking kidding me? Can't, Abe answer, <laughs> Purdue, podcast dad Sam just said Abe answer's 5'7". Cam Tringali's like 6'2". What are you talking okay, I about? I don't, I don't know. What the, I mean, I'm not good on the inches. He may on be the, taller the height. than that. <laughs> okay. Either way. Your Pat's I'll not good you. on inches. But he has been a 6'2". Yeah, All right, six so two. it's only, that's only five inches difference. That's not a whole lot. No, it's not. It's not five. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's, seven actually, inches. no, that's, no, wait. Wait, that's, that's seven inches difference. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, okay, man. you got it. You got it. You got it. Hey, as as Mark Horn in the chat says, you got to know your inches. <laughs> um, hey, man. 
Oh. You got to get past the fact that the foot is 12 inches, not 10 inches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um. All right. God. God, I never thought we'd talk about golfer height as a stat, but we, here we are. Uh, I still like Cameron Trigali anyway at 7,100. There's a ton of guys in here. I really think this is a range where we could have some more conversations. We lost okay. like 11 live viewers when you got into that, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they come and they go. They come and they go. They'll come, they'll come back. Okay. Um, I mean, you got guys like Garrick Higo at 7,400. He's won like two, two out of his last three events. Yeah, I know. But... Playing absolutely fantastic. You got guys like Jason Kokrak. It's 7,100. Yeah. A guy that should probably play pretty well in this course. So, I don't know. And, but anyway, my fade is going to be Mark Leishman. I don't, I, I just can't play Mark Leishman. I'm sorry. Just can't do oh, it. Okay. I don't like, you, you I don't did like this last he, week. You, your fade is like, I don't know. I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. What, what the, what the well, hell? Well, that's is what that? I'm saying again. Is I'm, he, not, I'm not playing Leishman. You don't like tall guys? Or no, you like Cantering Golly. I don't like guys who are 128th in the field <laughs> off the tee. Sam. I don't like guys who are also 103rd in strokes gained around the green. I don't like guys who are also 107th in driving distance. I don't like guys who are also 122nd in fairways gained. I don't like guys who are also 78th in putting. Okay, so that's the reason yeah, I'm not playing Mark Lee. Maybe Caridi's right. You you hate Aussies for some reason. Like what? No, I don't hate Aussies at all. That's that is completely wrong. Pat hates I Aussies. Am, I am not looking at nationalities Stop when I'm taking Aussie. Picks. Hate, Pat. Stop Aussie hate. That's ridiculous, man. Aussies are the coolest people on the planet. What's wrong with you? Um, okay. Sorry, sorry, Caridi. I don't hate Aussies. I just, I just call it like I see it. Uh, you know, there's chances are that some of these guys, these tall guys, that at least you know they're tall and they're handsome, and maybe you know they probably pull some nice, uh, some nice ladies. You know, chances are they're wearing Southern Tide. Okay. Southern Tide's a coastal brand. They offer That's a variety. Yeah. They offer a variety of clothing options, including polos and shorts. They're perfect for the golfer. We've got a ton of Southern Tide in our closet. They're great stuff. Great material, breathable. It works with Pat and his OCD self. Um, I think we I think we made a couple old tour junk old tour junkie shirts that were Southern Tide as well. They're fantastic. Many of their items include performance features like cooling technology, moisture wicking, rapid drying, all that good stuff. The cooling technology that Southern Tide utilizes is scientifically proven to instantly and permanently keep you cooler, which is perfect because guess what? It's about to start getting a lot freaking hotter on the golf course, especially down where me and Pat are. Like we got like one more week of decent weather to play golf and then it's like get ready to sweat your sweat stuff off. And that's where the Southern Tide cooling technology comes in. If you go to southerntide.com, you can use code TOURJUNKIE20. That's all one word, Tour Junkie 20, T-O-U-R-J-U-N-K-I-E-2-0, and get 20% off your purchase at southerntide.com. We love Southern Tide. We really do. And super excited they're sponsoring the show. They sent us some really sweet swag. We already had some, but we got more. It's great stuff. Love it. Um, so, yeah, that's that. 7K range. First of all, I, let me tell you this. I wrote down here, who do I think the chalk is going to be in the 7K range? The first two names are Answer and Paul Casey. I think there is, I mean, and I love them. I mean, I, you, started, you started rattling off the stats on Answer. I'm like, yep, Abraham Answer, 100%. You start rattling off stuff on Paul Casey. I'm like, yes, 100% Paul Casey. Uh, I looked at Paul Casey. I mean, in, since 2012, he's played in 17 
PGA Championships and U.S. Opens. He's only missed four cuts in those 17 tournaments. That's tough to do. That, there's, there's not a lot of players that have played in that many PGA Championships and U.S. Opens and made that many cuts. He feels like the safest play, the freest square in all of DraftKings at that value, at that price. Like it just feels like Casey is set up to be super chalk. And, and it may be like I, I'm actually more willing to eat that chalk than I am like go up and pay up for Hovland or whatever. Like I, I think it's a great play. I, I probably like Casey more than answer, but I do like answer. I just think both those guys are going to be pretty popular. Um, they, they both do play Pete Dye course as well. It is what it is. Now, if you're talking cash lineups, 100%, I would roll with both of those guys in cash. Um, but I would also, you know, go ahead and put Victor Hovland, Cam Smith, and cash. I, I, I do like Cam Smith and cash, actually. Um, I would roll with those guys, but I do think they're going to be popular. So it is what it is there. I don't know about Cam Smith. I don't know if he's going to be popular, but I think a- answering KCR. I also think that, uh, I think Sam Burns is going to be popular. Do you? Like you, you, I have not been this. I have not been the Sam Burns whisperer. <laughs> I've literally faded him and he finished first and then he finished second. So I, I'm out on Sam Burns. I don't, but I don't know about Sam Burns. I'm not really. I think people are going to play him. I mean, hell, like at first and second, his last two events, like it's not Bermuda, but who cares? It's still the South. And as good as he's been playing, he's cheap. Like I think Burns is going to be up there too. 7500 bucks. I wonder if people still fade him. I mean, there he's coming off a first and a second where he like really had a chance to win like well, I don't think he'll end up getting faded. If I if I get a really uh, low owned Sam Burns, I will certainly you'll, play him. You'll pass on that. So, I think um let me just see, let me get to some actual plays here. I'm just kind of talking through who I think is going to be popular. I do, I mean, I can't not play Siwoo at 7200 Like, give me a freaking break. Siwoo Kim at $7,200, plenty of length, okay? Uh, despite his aggressive nature, and we've talked about it, it's well-documented on this show, despite his aggressive nature, in the last 24 rounds, he's 28th in the field in bogey avoidance. In the last 50 rounds, a little bit longer term, he's 7th in the field in bogey avoidance. He's a pretty good scrambler. He's 55th in the field. In strokes gain around the green last 24 rounds. Long term, he's a little bit better. He's uh, 44th in the field in strokes gain approach over the last 24. Uh, I mean, it's a major, so you know Siwoo's going to care. Why not? At 7,200, you get win equity from Siwoo. You get good form out of Siwoo. Like, everything comes together. I don't know why you would avoid Siwoo at 7,200. I love that value um, down there. Uh, I think Matt Wallace is now I have made one actually, well, prior to Monday, I had made one outright future bet and it was Matt Wallace at the PGA championship. Um, loved Matt Wallace a couple weeks ago when, you know, Ben wanted to fade him. What a, what an idiot. Uh, but he checks a ton of boxes, (laughs) checks a box in approach, checks the box around the green, checks the box off the tee, checks the box in bogey avoidance. He's long enough. Um, and he's in incredible form right now. I mean, he's one of the hotter Euros that's that's available to play right now, coming off a sixth at the Wells Fargo, third at the Valera a few weeks ago, 18th at the Heritage. Like, I mean, the the major record isn't stellar, but, you know, I think he's just, he feels like, at least in the last six weeks or so, he feels like a 
he's kind of stepped it up a notch. I know he was here last week. He was here getting in reps last week at Kiowa, uh, playing the golf course. It was on all over social. Um, and I, I, I think you get win equity with Matt Wallace. I think you could see a breakout winner. I mean, we see weird winners at the PGA. We, we see, you know, big names win, but we also see first-timers like Colin Morikawa last year. Jimmy Walker's won a PGA. Freaking Keegan Bradley. Jason Duffner. All these people have won PGA championships. Weirder things have happened, and I think Matt Wallace could actually win this golf tournament. So I, I guess I'll eat the chalk with Casey. I'll, I'll go with Wallace, and I'll go with Siwoo Kim. But I, I agree with you, man. There's a lot of decisions to be made here. Um, I'll tell you a name. I'm going to give you a bonus play, a name that I'm really liking right now that you and I both have a special place in our heart for because I think we may have been the only people on the planet to have the same person on our betting card on the same week at triple-digit odds, and that person won at 150-1, to and it was Matt Jones. I really like Matt Jones down here in DFS. I think you're going to get some nice leverage at 7,100. Great scrambler. Now, here's an Aussie you should love, Pat. Great scrambler, good approach play, plenty long enough, avoids the big numbers. You know, uh, not a lot of major championship experience, but I'm sure he's probably happy as a clam to be here. Won the Honda just a few weeks ago, 37th at the Wells Fargo. Almost won a PGA, actually, by the way, when Jason Day won, I think. so. Uh, I don't know about that. His best finish at a PGA, I see, is 21st back in 2015. But maybe That was had, when Jason Day won. He, he was, tough. I think, uh, near the lead, though, going into ah. the last day. Could be wrong. Do you like Wallace? Do you I'm, like I'm Wallace? sure somebody will correct me on that because they always do in the chat. But <laughs> I pr- I'm pretty sure Matt Jones was uh, near the lead when Jason Day won his PGA Championship. But I could, you know. I do like Matt Wallace and I like Matt Jones. I think that is a, a great. I play. meant to say Matt um, Jones. Yeah. I like the. Mats. I like them both. So like you said them both. So I, I do agree with you. I do like both of them. I mean, other names in here that are interesting. I mean, Harmon is interesting. Uh, um. Shut up, producer Sam. Okay, so I was wrong on that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, podcast dad. Well, don't Sam chime in when I'm wrong, has, producer Sam. Has corrected like, you here. Um, my fade dad. for this range. I, I, I didn't get my fade. My official fade in this range is going to be at $7,900. It's Adam Scott. I mean, what are we doing? 53rd in strokes gain approach, 67th strokes gain around the green over the last 24 rounds, 99th off the tee, despite being 17th in distance. That's bad. 99th in strokes gained off the tee over the last 24 rounds, despite being 17th in distance. He's outside the top 75 in bogey avoidance over the last 24 and the last 50 rounds, and he's 140th over the last 50 rounds in sand saves. He checks zero boxes. He's expensive. I think Adam Scott has fallen victim to the distance-chasing issues like that people have had. They've been documented, and he's been documented to say that he's gone out and tried to add more distance, which he's done, but it's come at a cost, so not paying for it at 7900 with Adam Scott. All right, like uh, okay. 6K range, and we'll button it up and uh, go from there, buddy. I don't love a lot of names here. Um, not yet. I think I will. I think I will come around on some of these guys. Are you going to play Thomas Peters? No. Why would I play Thomas Peters? Are you playing Thomas Peters? I don't know. Everybody wanted, everybody wanted to play him last week, and uh, I did not want to play him. I feel like... Week. I feel like they got on me for fading him, but guess what? Turned out to be a pretty damn good fade no, because I, he missed a cut. Yeah, why would you play Thomas Pierce? Um, K.H. Lee and Wyndham Clark 
have yet to be added to the DraftKings field. I do think that's something to note. Uh, and I think both of those guys are kind of interesting, depending on where they fall. I mean, KH, I mean... I'm done. Wyndham Clark's uh, on the no-play list for me. So like that happens. If you do this, if you're new to this, by the way, way you get guys... You get guys that go to the no play list, and for me, Wyndham Clark is no no play for me. I don't play him anymore okay. until I, I decide to play him again, which is going to be a while. KH Lee, I probably would play though. Yeah, uh, if you're still watching, by the way, comment in the YouTube comments the toughest golf course that you have ever played yourself personally. Put that in the comments. We're going to pick a winner or two um, at random, and we're going to send you a free hat free ball markers, some stickers, some of our new fresh freaking coasters. By the way, anybody that orders anything in the shop, you get some coasters. So just buy anything in the shop. We got hoodies on the way. We got Siwoo Kim t-shirts on the way. Um, You get these fresh new coasters, which are just freaking beautiful. Um, So yeah, put that in the comments. The toughest golf course you've ever played. Um, Oh, I just saw this note. I just missed this. Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace is almost a coin flip in the head-to-head matchup markets against Tommy Fleetwood, and he's $800 less. The betting markets love mm. Matt Wallace. I love that. Uh, as we're down here in the 6K range, a couple of, a couple of interesting spots. Uh, a couple names I looked at. Ryan Palmer, Christian Bezidenhut, who I think you've sang a song about <clears throat> before. Good Lord. Um, Palmer is a pretty big favorite over Cbez, which I think he should be, but I just, you know, that was a line. Uh, they, they've got a head-to-head matchup up on DraftKings. Palmer's minus 125. Cebez is minus 103. Um, and then Emiliano Grillo is a minus 120 favorite over, oh, I guess that's 7K range, over Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, I was about to say, he's, he's 7K. Despite being $300 less. So Grillo may be a little value there. Uh, 6K range, I like Stuart Sink. Stifler's mom. Why would you not like Stifler's mom here? At a distance, a couple of wins here in the last few months. A lot of confidence. Um, yeah, lo- I, I'll play Stewart Sink. So that one I know I've decided on. I am very interested in KH Lee and Wyndham Clark whenever the prices come out, wherever they may fall. I think KH is happy as he can be. He's confident as he can be. He doesn't get in a lot of trouble. He's not like he doesn't. He's not going to overpower the course. But he just doesn't get in a lot of trouble. He could be interesting. Clark is also really interesting to me. You hate him. I love that he hits it a long way, and he puts it great. He doesn't do a lot in between, but give me a shot at that. I'm interested in those two. Um, uh, Cbez is interesting to me. I, I do kind of like Christian Be- Bezed and Hoot. Bezid, whatever. Who do you like? See, I, I think there's several European tour guys yeah. in the 6K range that, that we could look at. Um, starting with a guy that we looked at a couple weeks ago sam horsefield a guy who's pretty long off pretty long off the tee wow you know a good player off the tees at 6700 he's been in pretty good recent form you know he did miss the cut when you and i wanted to play him uh at the valspar championship but i think sam horsefield makes a lot of sense here at 6700 i like him um I do like Joel Damon also near the bottom. He's not yeah. a Euro, obviously, Kyle, but he's Kyle at 6,400. I think Joel Damon makes a lot of sense on this course. And we do know with these these Paspalum, Paspalum, whatever you want to call them, greens, he's won on them before oh, yeah. in the last few weeks. So, you know, if that's something you want to look at, I think that's interesting as well. You know, another guy that uh, – 
a good uh, you know kind of kind of European guy that we've seen play well recently. Antoine Rosner Come is one on. that I like as well. No. I think he is uh he's a good play. And look, the, the like there's a lot of like just guys coming in off the European tour that uh I think can can make a lot of sense. Look, when last when when Rory won here in 2012. Now, the, this is this is reaching a little bit. But the guy that finished second to Rory was David Lynn. Now, DB. Dookie. Had you even have you even heard of David Lynn? Dookie at all so there could be a guy in this 6k range coming off the european tour that could end up having a good week so i don't just like look into him further i'd rather okay, play a euro like cbes who's proven on the pj tour i would okay um yeah that's that's about it for me i love this comment from michael caridi he says if an aussie wins this week <laughs> i'm sending pat a blue of course because you only wear blue shirts a Please blue do, Royal Melbourne polo to celebrate. No, Creedy. I used to think. Send I used him to think Creedy, I used to think Creedy was a fan of mine. Tonight, I'm not so. I'm not so yes. much thinking that. Producer Sam, podcast dad Sam, Pat should eat an entire bloom and onion on the show next week if an Aussie. Yeah, I guess I'll yes. do that. You know, Creedy. I used to think yes. he was a fan. Sorry, I paid for those drinks back in the day at the, Augusta Country <laughs> Club, but that's okay, Creedy. The, the I most, still love you. The most American-ass thing to do would be for you to eat a Outback Bloomin' Onion <laughs> on this I would podcast. do that. I would love to eat a whole damn Bloomin'. Now, like, that's not a bet. I would that's too. like just me like getting a chow down on like... Che- That'd be like Cheetos to me. And you know how I like some Cheetos and some cheese. Anything that's a cheesy snack. Any late-night snack Pat is a fan of. You know, here's what we need to do. We're going to make a bet this week, but we're going to do it on the betting show. We're going to make the bet on the betting show. We're going to, we have to have a bet this week. We have to have something because we've had enough somewhat disagreement. We got to figure that out. Uh, all right, man. I think that's it for me in the 6K. I, I mean, the 6K range is another good one for, you know, the Nut Hut chat. You know, if you want to chat yeah. it up on the, in the Nut Hut, talk to us about that. Um, Let's let's do that on Wednesday night. We hope to see a lot of you there. We hope a lot of you subscribe to the Chalk Bomb. You need to make sure that happens um, because there's going to be a lot of great information that's going to come out on Wednesday. It's going to be a good week. I'm excited about it. We're going to do the betting show. If you've not watched the betting show, check that out. We're going to go do that here in just a few minutes live on YouTube as well. All the articles going up on the website, my Big Balls betting card. The 15 key stats that you need to know are already up on tourjunkies.com. We're going to have the DraftKings preview, recap, and all that from AC up tomorrow. We're going to have uh, the Pivot Point, two guys that are going to be low-owned. You should consider playing. That's going to be on the website. All the content on the, the website. Fantasy Somalia, maybe, oh, yeah. on the, you know, the YouTube channel, which is always yeah. a hit. Always a hit with Dr. Pat Perry there giving medical advice as well as DraftKings advice and wine advice. You've like become this like very renaissance man. You just everything you're an expert on no we try to give it all a master of none thanks for watching thanks for viewing uh listen if you're watching live on youtube we're about to end this then go comment toughest golf course you've ever played comment 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 we appreciate it thanks podcast dad sam thank you kyle peters for showing up giving us some really cool course insight into kiowa let's have a great week may your screens be green see you